All right. Welcome back to Batting Around. It's a bonus episode, Batting Around, and it's a very special one because it's Steven's birthday. And what what could what better could you get a Phillies fan for his birthday than the an appearance by the, our, our guest this week? Uh, it is the original Philly fanatic, the creator of Gritty, uh, po- founder of the Power of Fun, Dave Raymond. Welcome, Dave. Oh my gosh! Well, happy birthday, Stephen. This is wonderful. Good for Thank you. Thank you very much. I, Jane, uh, told me that she literally had to search through my Google, my my Twitter history to figure out when my birthday was, because uh, I am not very forthcoming about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because uh, I get weird when people do nice things for me, and I'm currently very being very weird right now. Um, <laughs> oh, well, it's it's kind of Jane to do it's that. Very kind of Jane and, to do this. You got to be vulnerable. Yeah. You got to be vulnerable a little bit. That those are all wonderful ways to boost uh, your mood. So well done, Jane and Stephen. Just relax. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we figure you needed something after the big trip to co- trip to Canada and getting COVID and everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to yeah. feel better, though. You know, yeah, I, I, I also do like bringing joy to the world. And who has brought more to the city of Philadelphia, probably, than, <laughs> than the man who used to be the fanatic, like the original yeah, it's fanatic? You and, it's you and Ben Franklin, I think, top yeah. two. <laughs> I can't think of very many other people. Yeah, I've never been to France, though, so... Mm. <laughs> Ben's got me beat in that. I yeah, feel like yeah. they would appreciate the fanatic in France. Very like a Jerry. There's like a, they, they they understand Jerry Lewis very well. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah, they would appreciate the physical uh, nature of the comedy. They, they love mimes. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, oh God, Stephen, is there anything pressing that you would like to to ask? our guest here or have i have i flabbergasted you a little bit here yeah i'm uh, i'm very caught off guard what was uh, it like i'll start it off here what was it like to fight tommy lasorda yes oh, uh, yes <laughs> yes well you know he the the thing that most people don't know uh is that actually um i was about as good of a friend of tommy lasorda as you can be because mm. oh. tommy had multiple personalities so uh, oh. as as did i so that's maybe one of the reasons why we we got together but he he enjoyed anything that he could use or leverage to entertain his players, to break the tension, uh, to get them fired up. And then, of course, he was famous for being able to call anybody on the carpet and make them feel like they were four years old again and they were in trouble with mom and dad. I mean, he was a phenomenal uh, motivator. He could he could use whatever tool he had to leverage. So. He realized early on back in 79 when we were in Japan and the Fanatic was the mascot for all of Major League Baseball on the, uh, the you know, the ambassadorial trip uh, to Japan, annual trip where Major League Baseball was um, traveling around Japan and playing exhibition games. And he was the manager of the National League All-Star team. And he saw how, you know, the Fanatic could bring attention from the Japanese fans on to him and then he could turn it around by you know, doing something a little bit nasty to me, everyone would laugh. And so when we came back in 1980, um, every time the Dodgers came in, we would have this, you know, this little uh, uh, repertoire of of gags and, and uh, shtick that he could engage in and his players would laugh. And he always acted like he was angry yeah. at, at the Fanatic. And I think what happened was there was just a, you know, you're okay with it until you aren't. And and that's he, he, 
he came into Philadelphia one day many years later and uh, was on a weight loss regimen with Oral Hershiser that SlimFast picked up on mm-hmm. and sponsored. So he came into Philadelphia. They were the bottom of the uh, division at that time. They weren't playing very uh, good baseball. What else? He hadn't had pasta in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to prevent me from getting his jersey, but I got one anyway. And he, <laughs> he just, it snapped. So for me, it's all fond memories. Um, I, I think the most, um, I think the most important thing for me is to realize how much baseball has changed because it's weeded out analytics, among other things, has weeded out the personalities of the mm. game. And we don't have managers like, um, you know, Billy Martin, uh, Tommy Lasorda, Earl Weaver. There, there doesn't seem to be a place for that type of manager anymore. And, uh, and that in and of itself, for me, that's sad, but I really um, cherish my relationship with Tommy, good and bad. Um, and the thing I'll always remember is whenever he saw me in public, he would, he'd tap me on the shoulder or I would wander over to him and his entourage and he'd say, how's your dad doing? Cause mm. he grew up in, in Norristown and my father, uh, you know, was a famous football coach, uh, certainly in our area or anybody who followed college football would know him. And I appreciated that. Um, and then he would say, he'd say to his entourage, see that guy? He's lucky he's alive. And then he would tell, <laughs> he'd tell the story that I always told. And I realized, wow, it really did happen. Yeah, no, that's that's a pretty funny thing. Because I imagine like, you know, Tommy was sort of on TV. So he probably is getting recognized in public, at a, you know, at a decent clip. But then, like, you know, I imagine somebody witnessing Tommy Lasorda walking up to you, having no idea who you were because you are in a mascot mm-hmm. costume the whole time. Um, no, that's yeah, that's very, very funny. Yeah, and I can I can relate. I, I've uh, I've had my stretches on keto and low carb diets. Who's that pasta? You get a little you get a little punchy. Absolutely. Well, it and it's like I said, it's it's, um, you know, it's a sad time to realize he's he's not with us. My father has passed. And, mm. um, you know, so I, I do remember him fondly. Um, and I think if he were here, he would talk about how nice of a guy Dave was. And then he said, I hate that effing fanatic. <laughs> he would go on to a tirade of how the fanatic would defame the Dodger blue and he wasn't going to put up with it. And then he'd oh. stop and say, hey, Dave, how's your dad doing? That's, <laughs> that's beautiful. We're, I love that. You're you're right. There's not really that element of kayfabe in baseball, baseball much anymore. <laughs> we we right. very much miss those larger than life personalities. Well, yeah, we don't get it on managers as much anymore. But you know, players are starting to show a little more flair, a little personality, bit more. which is they're, which is good. Still very media yeah. trained. Very very um, much so. Yeah, and I think a big part of that too is they just they're they're so accustomed now to so much more of their job is is PR directly with the press and managing the external communications of the firm. They're almost 50%. They're almost as much communications departments as they are like clubhouse leaders. A lot of the yeah. time you see that with like Dave Roberts, I think is the the best example of someone who can do both really well, but really mm-hmm. excels on the, the, that managerial side uh, for the clubhouse, but also for kind of being the face of the, of the, uh, the team uh, in a very big media, a um, uh, very big media sector. And I guess that's why you have, you know, something like the fanatic. Yeah. Like these mascots, yeah. you know, like these characters <laughs> that that you create to kind of be that that flair and that character and that soak up public all those, face, all those all that energy, and in that's a one thing. 
there's probably an interesting element that you probably through over the course of your career saw that um, the, the the mascots become a, a bigger part of a team's uh, yeah. outreach. I, I, there was yeah. certainly a time not that long ago when it, it, not every team had a mascot, not every team in every sport, let alone we see mascots on a, a much broader um, scale uh, in, in like organizationally. Uh, you're also founding member of the mascot hall of fame, I believe. Um, yeah, it's well, if you, if you, um, you compare, you know, the, the, uh, the sports entertainment industry to industry in general, it's a tiny little niche uh, industry, but it has become really big uh, business. And the Phillies mm-hmm. were the, were the first team that, that leveraged a character um, not only uh, to represent the team as a mascot, but to be this living, breathing brand extension. Um, virtually all positive, 100% positive, to Tommy Lasorda's desktop <laughs> notwithstanding. Uh, and there was literally, I mean, from from a from a human standpoint, you know, my wife and I just moved into this 55 and up community, so we're we're going to the pool for the Hell first yeah. time. And yeah. and word leaks out that that um, we had moved in, and and there's enormous. This is over in Swedesboro, New Jersey. So enormous uh, uh, bastion of great, uh, you know, excited uh, Philadelphia Phillies and Philadelphia sports fans here, and they come up to me one after the other at the pool and say, I just want to come over and thank you. Yeah. One, yeah. one woman said, thank you for your service. And I, I got embarrassed. I said, don't, don't compare me to. That's a, uh, yeah. um, you're going to get 10% off at Applebee's when you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can use the exit the special parking spots in, in the, in the lot. Yeah. Yeah, That's exactly. It. Right. I'm not going to, I won't abuse that, you know, that uh, misplaced love and affection. And that's what I was getting to is that, mm-hmm. From a human standpoint, I just get this constant love and affection. When I was in the costume, and right. and when I talk about this in, in in my keynotes about you know why fun is very very valuable and 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 really can help us overcome challenges, is that just imagine if your job was you would leave home, walk outside, and everybody you came in contact with say, hey, "I love you, come take a picture." Uh, that's just my normal life, you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know you guys get that. All I have time, to stay right? inside a lot because uh, of that. so you don't have to imagine it because you're living it. But but truly, it it is really uh, amazing how uh, kindness can can really make you feel wonderful. And I always feel when people come up and and thank me and say it was really wonderful, and then yeah. remind me of some story of their first interaction with the fanatic that I, I feel like I have to give back now because it's, it is amazing. Like you see silly, furry, wacky, Tommy Lasorda and the fanatic, the Tommy, the manager of the Dodgers, the ambassador of the, of major league baseball in America beats up a Muppet. You know, it, it, <laughs> it you, everyone is focused on that. You're focused on the fanatic or characters like the fanatic gritty that are in the stadium doing slapstick humor and that is all a big part of their output but then behind the scenes and maybe less recognized is they're they're visiting hospitals they're involved in yeah. community activity um, they're and everywhere riding they're in going, a fire truck over i-95 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean my goodness uh if anything could be more extraordinary than that you know that episode to end up in uh, in fixing the highway in three weeks, I said, "Look, I'll, I'll give that to Gritty and the Fanatic and all the characters that showed up. Yeah. They they instilled some a smile to something that otherwise was really devastating, including the loss of a life in that crash. But when you when you're able to to spin that and and bring a smile to people's faces for that particular type of event, it it really is a a wonderful 
powerful yeah. tool. And baseball and the Phillies specifically and the Flyers have learned how to also leverage that into revenue as well, uh, because it wouldn't be valuable unless those characters are doing what I'm talking about, which is to change people's moods, make them feel better, no matter what's going on in their lives, if only for a few seconds. Um, if anybody's wearing Phyllis pinstripes, doesn't matter what you identify as, doesn't matter what color you are, what size, sex you are, you're a member of the Fanatics family. And, yeah. and, and those things, as silly as the output is, really has an enormous, uh, uh, powerful effect uh, yeah. for the community and and for people around me. So I've been the benefit of love and affection from <laughs> Philadelphia fans. Which, yeah. Of all places. Yeah. Like, of all places. How, yeah, like that, that you know, the proof of concept started in Philadelphia, like really yeah, is proof like, that it could work anywhere. And it's like- The, the city of brotherly love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's one of those fake, like it's one of those like ironic names, like or ironic things, like Minnesota nice, like, and we're not actually. A... <laughs> well, let so so let let me dispel a myth, okay, and 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 bring bring the media in of which you you guys are firmly entrenched in mm -hmm. that community. So the you know so the Phillies fans throw snowballs at Santa Claus. They they booed the Easter Bunny. Yes, they they <laughs> fired projectiles. All right, great, and we get. We become we become the uh, Kleenex brand of bad behavior. So yes. <laughs> when they're showing, so they they come back from commercial, and you're in Los Angeles, you're at Chavez Ravine, and they're showing a picture of two uh, people in the stands brawling, and the and the broadcaster says, "Oh, I didn't know we were in Philadelphia," and I scream at my TV, "You're not! Yeah. You're in LA! There, <laughs> there are yeah. idiots everywhere! Yeah, it's yeah. it's the 10% stupidity factor." And so, I just want you to say, from as a <laughs> diehard Philly sports fan and someone who's traveled all over this country and out of the country, around the world at sporting events, there are always idiots. They're yeah, all absolutely. there. We I, just we become the Kleenex man. Oh. That, that's just like <laughs> Philadelphia. I do appreciate something that I've noticed recently, maybe in the last five or six years, where we're kind of we're own at least in the we're in the online communities I'm in, we're owning that more now rather than being super defensive about it because, like, obviously there's bad fans everywhere. Obviously, it's not just <laughs> Philly. But when people keep when that meme keeps being propagated by people outside the city and people inside by Jane the city, and I, yeah, by, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm to guilty. be able to take that and go, yeah, what about it? It's yeah. kind of fun, and I think I uh, to to get off the fanatic for a little bit. I think the fanatic has always had that mischievous little, like very <laughs> twinkle in his in his personality <laughs> but i think gritty really has has ex like excelled in the whole <laughs> philly dirtbag persona <laughs> and yeah that, that it, and, and it's funny that because we we referenced earlier like teams that were you know sort of hesitant to have mascots at all and i know the flyers were that for a really long time yeah and that was that was because of uh mr schneider and mm -hmm. he was never a fan of that and he wasn't going to endorse it and then what happened as you know things happen and uh organizations and culture changes they had a lot of young talented people there and they saw the super bowl parade mm -hmm. and all the other teams were represented through their characters and that's when 
their uh, you know their president and their CMO said we're, we're just not going to miss these opportunities anymore and that that was the um you're going to get a you're going to you're going to let a snake with arms and legs like <laughs> hang out on that podium and not have a flyers representative there you go no, i mean no no it, it, once the union jumped in right yeah. they're like where why are we missing this and i well no, and, no shade to fang but no no and, and you know and fang look they you know it's it's a it's deeply that fang and the snake is in, embedded Mm-hmm. in a lot of that that culture in that team i mean there's even a snake that's embedded in the in the sixers as well so this represents uh you know history and and part of philadelphia which it gets what makes it work uh steven is the is the authentic storytelling the um the embracing of just what you said all right you're right we we wear our heart on our sleeves we're two hours uh, south of the den of iniquity that with 28 world championships and you know <laughs> we, we're insecure that's right but we're also real knowledgeable with passion and and if you're wearing our colors you know you're a member of our family and that's what the flyers did because when i start with an organization i don't tell them what will be great i don't tell them what it's going to be which in enlists some comments back like, well, why'd we hire you? And then I go, <laughs> you were supposed to just do the work for us. This was yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm the, I'm the expert. I'm the expert consultant who will maybe tell you what you already know, but because you've engaged me and you, and you are motivated, you go, okay, let's follow what the process is it, all, all, um, no disrespect to our, our Sixers fans, but let's trust and follow this process. <laughs> So well, the Flyers did it, and and part of the idea is collaboration. So it's not what I like. It's you tell the story. Here's how you tell stories. These are some of the elements of storytelling that you really want to engage in. You know, go go study from Disney. Go go take a look at other great storytellers. Come together and you tell your story, and from that story bubbles up imagery. So once we got to imagery, I started to get nervous because it looked like this character was going to eat children, not attract them. <laughs> and I went back to them and said, are you sure? And and Sean Tilger, who was a president, said, wait a minute, wait a minute, Dave. You told us to tell the story and then what imagery comes up, we'll embrace it. I go, you're right, you're right. So I'm I'm staying out of it. Um, and let's just, I still said, you know, you're going to get negativity, maybe six months. You got to win them over with great Yeah, maybe six hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was, well, no, it just took the, it took the, the d- dismissive tweet from uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, like, thank you to the Penguins <laughs> for making it Okay, gritty. laugh out loud. Yeah. Yeah. And then Gritty fired back, sleep with one eye open tonight, Bird. And then the, <laughs> the rest of it went Literally yeah. threatening mm-hmm. a rival mascot. <laughs> the perfect rival. Bodily yeah. harm. And it uh, <laughs> is exactly what a Philadelphia mascot needs to do. Yeah. Gritty, it like the the memification went out of control for gritty but i think that like the success story is so crazy because you packed so much storytelling and myth making and like he's got the fucking he squeaks when he walks he's got the weird <laughs> yeah. belly button yeah. he's got the, his he's belly got the security detail like there's so much storytelling there in like what how long how many years has it been like four five and yeah it's, like, it's it's yeah we're moving in on it was uh 2018 uh yeah. the, the fall he's of 2018 still, he's still not at the fanatics level but the fact that he's anywhere close 
<laughs> to a character that's been around for decades. Yeah, that is so crazy. I have, I, I have such a nice collaboration with the Fanatics' best friend currently, mm -hmm. Tom Burgoyne, <laughs> mm -hmm. who who was uh, with me as a as a backup for five years before I, I retired from the Phillies in '93. And he called me up and said, "Hey, you know, I was just thinking, Gritty wants to come out." Um, you know, my thought was to have him on the dugout and welcome him. And he said, he asked me if I thought there were any concerns. I said, no, you're the Pope. <laughs> you're the <laughs> Pope. And the grid is going to come in and you're going to bless him and say, have at it. You know, welcome to our world. And and Tom Tom just started laughing. He goes, oh, my gosh, that's that's great. You know, and I said, you know, you, you, we're, we're not threatened. Um, he's really a brother. Um, you know, he's he's right. related to, you know, to us and and in a weird way. And and that's what we did. And 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 what I love about it was when the answer to the memes and the critics and the haters and the trolls, which, by the way, technically, Gritty is a troll. Yeah. He lived yeah. under, <laughs> you know, which was didn't that the irony did not get lost on me when they came back with the story. Um, and. They, you just have to have an answer. So when the diehard veteran Flyers fan goes, oh, you're just trying to distract. He sucks. I hate him. Why does he look like that? And then mm -hmm. you say, oh, well, he is dyed in the wool, black and orange. Yeah. Have you seen our players? He looks like he's a mirror to your whole thing, Flyers fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's one of you. He's, he's unkept. He's unshaven. Um, you know, he looks like he hasn't taken a bath or seen the light of day. Yeah, um, it, it reflects... a horrible little goblin. That's exactly what <laughs> yeah. Flyers, the Flyers fans are. Well, is he a, is he a fire fan or a podcaster? We need to. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, talk to the gritty and told him you you called him a horrible little goblin. Oh no, please don't do that. <laughs> I live I live within like. 70 miles of where gritty lives i don't need i don't okay. need that hit put out on me all right i'm just gonna uh, wake up wake up i just want you to know i've got dirt me. now i know <laughs> steven's address and i will sell it to gritty uh, <laughs> gonna get wake up with a sheet cake in my face that's right yeah. yeah he'll come up with something very creative i can promise you that <laughs> Speaking of uh, relate like familial relations you mentioned with the fanatic and gritty, I do want to ask about that trip to Japan. Oh, gosh. is that is that where the is that where Slyly was conceived? Yeah, you know it's funny. That's that's really I've just recently been asked about that. It's a wonderful program. The gentleman and I'm going to forget his name. The, the, you know the the Japanese national who is who grew up did wonderful in business and 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 bought the team and when he was younger he was the benefit of a a, a cultural exchange between the united states and japan mm -hmm. so what he decided to do with the slightly program is always get an american born performer who commits to three years to huh. go to japan perform cool. as slightly's best friend wink wink nudge yeah. nudge to all the youngsters who are watching and listening um and uh and then many of those performers have stayed in japan they they learn japanese a couple couple of the gentlemen have have married uh, a, a japanese uh person and and uh, are raising families in japan so it's been a very big success in that regard but slyly's look and feel actually comes from duncan of new jersey the original mascot for the new jersey nets um, oh. they, when they played over new jersey if you look into the annals you'll you can find some pictures of Duncan. And you can see that Slyly looks almost like a twin. And that's because the people who designed the Fanatic also designed Duncan of New Jersey. And then when they left, 
they changed their mascot and they and the the people who designed him also owned the copyright so they pulled it back and they they were able to hold on to it and then they used some of the design flair to create slyly so that's why there is a unique uh, similarity between slyly and duncan so i Taught you something that is that way more interesting than I even expected. Yeah, I always, I always thought it was like a, a mascot carcinization process where just over time <laughs> everything kind of goes back to looking like a crab in in nature. It's baseball mascots yelled <laughs> and looking like gritty again. You guys all need to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> but then I have this great podcast with yeah. you. <laughs> Stephen, I was sure when you said at the beginning of that question that you were going to be bringing up the fanatics mother. Uh, which is yes. a which is a, a a topic that has come up multiple times throughout the history of of uh, the show. The you also another thing you were saying about how you know when when you wear red pinstripes you're a part of the fanatics family. I'm not sure I want to be a part of the fanatics family because I've seen <laughs> how he treats his mother. <laughs> well, you know it's it's they they're um you know the the legacy the the, the backstory is the. Uh, the fanatics, the clan, this this species was uh, generated spontaneously by a Darwin experiment that had gone bad. Mm -hmm. So they're not natural. Mm -hmm. So whatever That's they clear. do, what, what, <laughs> and they weren't even accepted in the in the wild, wonderful world of the Galapagos, where all kinds of wacky species have have uh, populated and and grown and and thrived in. So the the fanatics left in search of acceptance and found the city of brotherly love. So mm. that we clear, clearly we, we understand that they're not normal. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought the question was, well, where's the fanatics dad? And I've never really been able to answer the question. <laughs> uh, I do know that, uh, that the Phillies, uh, developed time traveler fanatic and they actually went back in time to the Galapagos to watch the fanatics birth. So they, they, that they, is, that is, <laughs> oh, yeah, that is it's an old dvd you can get it I, you still can get it time traveler fanatic and you'll see oh uh, actual footage right. of the fanatic's birth yeah okay the great 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 content for a bonus what is it x-rated <laughs> i'm sorry to upset everybody's dinner <laughs> i also have a question like god how do i phrase this um <laughs> i'm nervous <laughs> Are, are you, have it. The fanatic is very queer coded. <laughs> You're aware of this. Very right? close to his mother. Uh, He's very close to his mother. He dresses up can in afford drag to travel abroad. all the time. Yeah. Loves yeah. Lady Gaga. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yeah, you're right. He he swishes like how please comment on, on well, the I, I'll throw another one at you. He's, icon. he's enormous fan of Barbara Streisand as well. Oh, oh yeah. Classic. Yeah. yeah. I guess yeah, he has been around he has been around for quite a while. This is true. Yeah, so so yeah, I, I um, and that comes from an authentic uh background of mine. I mean, um oh, yeah. I, I am a huge Barbara Streisand fan. Um, so I, look, I, I will leave that conversation up to, um, you and those who are really interested, but I will tell you that, that the fanatic for me, he's, it, he's all accepting 
and he is absolutely a unifier. So none of that makes a difference to him one way or the other. Mm-hmm. That's he's he's like a why well, put a label on it, man? Sort of guy. <laughs> just, we, yeah. As as a as a world, we need to follow that same absolutely. focus, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it shouldn't make it doesn't uh, make any difference. The Philly fan sexual. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, Okay. Uh, well, I got I got to tell you, my 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 son Dylan, who's eighteen, just graduated from high school and is um going to the University of Delaware. Thank goodness, very bright kid. Mm-hmm. And he came home to me. I don't know. I guess it was five or six years ago. He said, "Dad, look, I just want you to know, I'm a nerd. All my friends are nerds, and <laughs> we love one another. And it's okay." I said, "You don't even. I don't care as as long as you're doing what you want to do, um, and you're happy." And then what's interesting about his generation is, you know, this idea of identity and. Mm. Uh, and pronouns, right? So my wife and I are constantly, you know, spinning our head around trying to figure, well, what do we need to do and how, you know, and and when when a lot of Dylan's friends are over, I'm just calling them by their first names because it's an easy way out, right? Yeah. But their generation, they, it, there's no confusion. It's just it's very just simple. Uh, yeah. It's relaxed. It's comfortable. And by modeling him, it's been amazing for both my wife and I, not, not to go deeply into the subject, but you you know, it's been it's been a wonderful um, deal to watch that generation because they are supposed to be the generation that are going to move us and get us, uh, you know, past issues that we seem to be having now. And I, I got great hope for that whole, you know, the, the whole um, LBGTQ community. I just see how easily it is accepted uh, at his level. And this is, you know, this is in high school where, you know, people are pretty unsure about, you know, what group they want to identify with and how they're going. And um, it's been, it's been really wonderful to see that. So, so to have a character that, you know, might inspire that thought, I think it's, I think it's actually good because we have that conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we, uh, our mission of this podcast is to take those same people and meet them where they are and uh, remind them that baseball is actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, that's the, that's what's so wonderful about uh, the crowds at baseball games today, because you know, obviously you have to win to start to draw those mm-hmm. crowds. But, um, you know, going to Citizens Bank Park is an amazing place. A lot of people and, and I am constantly reminding people that that's what's the, the unification of a character can be. If you're wearing a Mets hat or you're a Yankees fan, okay, you're you're not in the family. Uh-huh. You're, you're out. You get popcorn, <laughs> you're just, you get yeah, popcorn, you get a popcorn shower. You. Right. But but, you know, you you weren't our colors. It doesn't it does not matter. And that's I, I, I love that that part of it, too, because it's represented consistently everywhere the fanatic goes, both in and around the, the ballpark, but also in the community. I would have to wager that the fanatic is the entity with the current highest approval rating in the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, there's, no, there's no question. Probably I mean, like decades. His Q rating is off. The, it has to be. Mm-hmm. I, it's, <laughs> Maybe Jalen Hurts. But like, <laughs> but like the fanatic, like, yeah, he just he reaches across all those uh, demographics, and yeah, we fucking love him. That's good. Well, I appreciate that. That's that's uh, I do too. I met him once. Uh, How do you smell? <laughs> I I did not concern myself with that. I <laughs> I. <laughs> I look like a gigantic nerd because I am, I am just like uncontrollably grinning. Uh, It was my mom and I, my mom and I went to the, uh, the mural dedication uh, over on, what was that? Arch or 
or market, whatever, one of those, uh, the Phillies mural dedication and the fanatic was there. And <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny. Cause it's like, it's so earnest and kind of like, like sincere and sweet, like this whole, like people need to be kind to each other. Here's a cartoon character, very kitty, very childlike. And somehow, despite all that, He's the coolest fucking thing. Like you get a <laughs> you get a you get an adult man like yeah. freaking out like he's meeting a celebrity <laughs> at this like weird green thing that doesn't talk. Yeah. It's, and well look here's this is a wonderful I'm glad you brought that up because I, I'm on the board of Leadership Philadelphia, a wonderful organization in, in Philadelphia and run by amazing talented woman uh, Elizabeth Dow and and she, you know because I'm on the board I've become very close friends with her. And we have these collegial lunches, and and so we'll go to the Capitol Grill right there on Broad Street, right near the um, the center of town. Mm-hmm. And uh, she'll always say, "Do you know who he is?" to the to the waiters and to the folks that are working there. And and very many uh, many of them are men. And as she'll say, "Watch them deteriorate into little boys." <laughs> and it, it's so funny because then again, it all starts with, "Oh my gosh." That's amazing. Do you know? And they'll tell me the story about the time as a kid coming to the game with their family or their dads um, and and the moment they first met the fanatic. And it, it is just um, wonderful and hysterical at the same time. Uh, I get their cards afterwards. Anytime you want to come to the Capitol, we'll take care of you. I mean, it's just so funny that that this, you know, this green Muppet mm-hmm. has has done that. And I, I think when we become more like more childlike, we, we don't we don't confuse ourselves with things that that we that matter to us as adults that shouldn't right absolutely um, and I, I think that's what I love about you know political divides race divides um you know identity politics all of those things I believe uh there are there are elements of what a great character can do in terms of unifying are really part of a, a simple solution to very complex problems I mean if you want a safe space, if you want to have a fun, distracting, safe space, you know, yeah, food, music, um, inviting everybody, all's welcome, and then have the fanatic bust in there and dance and kiss and hug and take pictures. Everybody's ready to sit down and talk with a smile on their face. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm, I don't think I'm making it more important than it truly, really is, mm-hmm. and and that's what I love about it. It's, it's more important. We can, uh, we can laugh and smile and and become little boys or little girls again or little kids, whatever you identify as, and you just forget about the things that um, that, that somehow have um, infected our ability just to, you know, care about each other, share and understand each other. It, it's, I truly believe that. I'm not, uh, I don't think I'm speaking, uh, making it too big of a deal. Not at all. You're not, not, you're not curing cancer, but you're creating frictionless joy in people's lives. Mm. And that's real real necessary <laughs> always but especially now yeah. I, lo- yeah. I love i love frictionless frictionless joy that, that that's a phenomenal way to describe it i will tell you however one way to help people overcome cancer is to change their mindset and their focus while they're struggling yeah. um and mentally that it well it isn't just a mental solution when you change your mindset and uh, this is this is positive psychology. It's it's both mentally and physically better for you. And when you're 
fighting a disease, any disease. And I, I lost my mom to uh, glioblastoma um, and, and I lost my dad to throat cancer. And so, you know, those things, life is always going to have its suck, sucky moments. Um, but I, I really think the, the mindset shift um, and the things that I've studied in positive psychology is really about frictionless joy. I'm stealing that. Is that okay? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's yours. It's yours. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's really a wonderful way to describe it. Absolutely. I, th I think back to my time in college and, and like the, the, the inclusive area uh, spaces that were created for students. And I think I would have spent more time there um, if there had been like a, a fanatic like character and also if the mm -hmm. couches hadn't smelled really damp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I, I wanted to go back to what you said about Gritty, which is about, um, and Stephen touched on this too, about like the, the storytelling that, that's been accomplished in a couple of years. So much of that is because of social media and because of opportunities that didn't necessarily exist. Uh, to to get the character out there as much that exists that didn't exist 20 30 years ago um it, do you see like more opportunities like that emerging over time uh do you feel like uh uh it the ways that you kind of were able to express the fanatic on the field uh, you would have had more opportunities if that had been in a, in a more contemporary era anything like that yeah i mean i think i think the fanatics growth is exactly the same as Gritty's growth and popularity, except for the time lag. Mm -hmm. There was a there were a month before the fanatic, you know, became so engaged with the Philadelphia crowd, and then two or three months before national news media captured some of it, um, and and shows like um, you know Mel Allen's uh, review of the week for baseball and and the baseball bunch, uh, and eventually the fanatic really captured i really think the nation and and has been established as one of the greatest mascots of all time but gritty did it in just you know hours and and weeks but what what i don't think i had i don't even think i have it today is the is the creative gene to really uh develop content that fits the storyline that's entertaining and that could potentially be delivering messaging uh the the flyers have done an amazing job with that because they have a team that uh, Gritty's best friend who has to remain nameless and a couple of young ladies in their marketing department are just brilliant creative minds that have really supercharged his social media following. Benny uh, the Bull in Chicago, same mm -hmm. type of thing. They've had great supportive people that understand the, the uh, platforms and the content and video. I, I defy anybody to during a, a, a workday to decide that they're going to watch one or two Instagrams of either Benny the Bull or Gritty and not waste the next hour of your day. But yeah. you, you, you'll, be, you'll be missing work, but you will be thoroughly entertained. So it, it's a, there's some, there's a, with all the trolling and all the memes and the, and the, and the, the nasty stuff that is online through social media, there is a wonderful thread of, of comedy, uh, certainly from, from uh, comics, uh, but also from the characters. And um, I, I also want to say it's um, Slugger from Kansas City has a mm. great feed. So there's many yeah. of the characters that have um, uh, done a wonderful job of communicating. I think, yes, I missed out on that, but I'm not too sure I would have been great at it. I'm still learning today for, you know, for my own brand. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to do it well and not easy to distract people by just showing them stuff that's that's entertaining and fun. And then the brand just starts to, a warm um, and be able to be um, 
you know, connected to people that have nothing to do with sports. And that's the beauty of great social media with characters is they're extending their reach. Benny the Bull has got, I mean, I've got my daughters came to me say, oh yeah, I, I watch Benny the Bull's <laughs> feeds all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are young ladies that are huge Philly sports fans, but sports is not their only focus. Right. Absolutely. I think uh, you've, you've raised a point that I've, I've thought, um, that ties into thought I've had for a long time, which is that, um, all mascots, regardless of sport, not just basketball mascots, should get to dunk. Yeah, yeah. We should we should let the yeah. fanatic and, and, and gritty both. Has the fanatic dunked? No, because the, <laughs> the fanatic had anybody talented enough to help him. <laughs> <laughs> I could do, I could do a great uh, round off. Ah, okay, all right. <laughs> After yeah. that, you know, or forward roll. I can do a forward <laughs> roll, and a, and a good finish. You know, <laughs> superstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you did. But, but you uh, know, what? you did plenty of. Things that I would call stunts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you jumped out of airplanes, right? Yeah. You yeah. you did all sorts of stuff. Would you consider yourself the Tom Cruise of the mascotting world? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm an enormous Tom Cruise fan solely because he is still doing all that stuff yeah. himself. Like, oh, I yeah. still can't believe he's doing. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, but we did. Yeah. You know, we cheated uh, when the fanatic skydived. There's also professional doing it, but okay. um, I did do a lot of stunts to prove that. Uh, that the fanatic could be an honorary ninja turtle Hell and yeah. i had to awesome the fanatic had yeah. to pr- review um had to be able to show his uh his great skill and be able overcoming fear so the fanatic <laughs> sat on a trapeze bar attached to a motorcycle that rode on a wire all the way up to the 700 level at veteran stadium and then came down backwards oh, God. Oh, God. Oh. so there are some stupid things i've done too <laughs> Green's gonna have to up that by putting his hand in the do the into the gamja bar from Dune. <laughs> yeah, the pain box. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, making its television debut, which is kind of odd with streaming. <laughs> it's interesting that you bring up television. The fanatic's been on a lot of TV. Mm. Do you have any? Did, did were you involved in any TV shoot or? Has, oh yeah, is I, that like? It, again, <laughs> what I was thrown into the character with one uh, prime directive, go have fun. Uh, Bill Giles, uh, who was my boss at the time, actually my boss's boss, mm-hmm. but he was the brilliant mind behind uh, the fanatic and his collaboration with Bonnie Erickson for the design is what produced this great results. Um, but part of what I was looking for was anything that would inspire me. So, um, you know, I, I grew up, my mom uh, went deaf when I was three. So I had a, a skill set that I didn't value because I'd been doing it my whole life. So the not the nonverbal communication was kind of natural. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Daffy Duck and all the cartoons that I watched, the Three Stooges, silent comedy, those uh, slapstick, those were all, I was a big fan of those. But in college, the gong show was oh, the yeah. first, um, it was about as much of reality TV as as you could um, could imagine in that world. Uh, and Chuck Barris was from Philadelphia. So as the fanatic gained popularity, what, what he heard back was um, one of the things I did early was have the fanatic run around the bases in, in the fifth inning. And then when we got done, we would dance to uh, jumping at the Woodside, which is the, was the um, song that Gene Gene, the dancing machine would dance to <laughs> in somewhat of a spontaneous break in production on the gun show. It became very, famous for the music would start to play and Chuck Barris would go, oh, oh, it's Gene, Gene, the dancing machine. And the guy who was a camera operator would would do this little dance. Well, we did it with the ground crew 
Um, you could tell that Philadelphia fans were starved for uh, entertainment because they would <laughs> they'd give us standing ovations for that. Uh-huh. Well, Chuck <laughs> Barris heard about it and actually invited the Fanatic to L.A. to shoot a gong show where the Fanatic actually, first time the Fanatic has ever and never since spoken on TV, they had the Fanatic introduce Chuck Barris. And it, because his daughter used to do it all the time. Uh-huh. And so the Fanatic came out and said, and now the host and star of our show, Chuck Barris. And I was doing it in costume. I had to call the Phillies and say, they want me to put a microphone up to my mouth. Whoa. And, and so <laughs> that was my first foray into, you know, into Tinseltown. Um, and since then, fast forward to the Fanatic was featured on Third Rock. Um, oh, um, I love that episode. And <laughs> yeah. And, and Tina Fey was getting a massage from the Fanatic as Alec Baldwin's yes. character broke in and said, oh, I'm sorry. And she said, it's all right. Come on in. Um, so I, I just, um, it, it's been an amazing opportunity for me to, uh, to get to know folks I would have never met, um, including Arnold Schwarzenegger and, uh, wow. um, and, and his future wife at the, uh, RFK tennis memorial, um, tournament, Washington Meadows. I mean, I, uh, got to know Heather Locklear before she went nuts, <laughs> uh, so I just was a, a wonderful icebreaker, you know, to be yeah. people behind the scenes. Uh, hey, by the way. Uh, That's so I love cool. It. And, I love and by the way, if, if Heather is listening, I, I, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I, I, I do a little the kind of the old Hollywood aspect of, of uh, Chuck Fairley. We're going to give you a line. We're going to get you a SAG after card today. <laughs> you do the line, oh, you're yeah. in the union. Yeah, that would be great. I I'm I was uh, I happened to appear as myself on the Jimmy Kimmel show um, to promote him creating a character for the for the College Bowl, which he which the uh, uh, that their show was uh, the Jimmy Kimmel Live show was a sponsor for, um, and uh, I still get these residual checks of like two dollars and thirty five cents every time they replay it. That's so, so cool. Oh, I'm like, hey, you get another three dollars from Jimmy Kimmel. So, and that's not being a, a member of the uh, union. Yeah. That rocks. We've wasted everybody's <laughs> Do we time. Have any? Yeah, yeah, I know. Do we? I, I've had fun, but I'm, I'm our, our listeners are gonna eat this shit up. Don't you worry. <laughs> They're gonna absolutely love it. And he, and if they don't, then who get, who cares? Because this yeah. is my yes, birthday. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dave. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. We this was oh, my, this was a blast. Pleasant. Absolutely. This was such yeah. a joy. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your service yeah. to the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have a T-shirt on that that points up to me. It says "Thank you for yeah. your service." We we don't we don't have a lot here, uh, yeah. but we do have two of the greatest mascots in sports, and I think that's neat. Thank you. I I I agree, and I can, you know, I I look at the fanatic and see a little uh, piece of of me that goes along all the time, and I just love watching him, and I I've become um, a crazed lunatic fanatic fan just like the rest of us so it it it, it affects everybody and I, and it and it's it's effective kindness and I, I think that's really uh wonderful in these days so and i appreciate you including me this is a blast i love this i love this format um and i love the fun that you can have on this format so well done that that means a lot well thank you so much and thank yeah. you uh to everybody for listening to this one i'll have more uh fun bonus episodes more fun stuff coming up this uh month wait especially. before we go, yeah, go for wait it. wait a minute Ooh. hold on hold, hold on before we go ready yeah. one two three
Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you.